All right, Chris, we're back talking about the boys. Season yeah. two finale. Dude, is it safe for me to say that a lot has happened in the last five weeks? Five weeks. Since it's the been show five came weeks out. since okay. the show came out because remember the first three episodes aired all together. Well, let's see. There was a fly on Mike Pence's head. Um, Hubie Halloween came out and surprised the world. Dude, you're only listing off stuff that's happened in the last week. I can't even honestly at this point. I, I can't know. even. I, I don't know. even. It's too much. I don't want to look back. It's at, too much at to all think about back this on. year, but uh, it's too much to think back on. And we're only like we're not even two full weeks into this month yet, and this is just no. October. And you went right for it, man. You just came out to. and said what I we were talking to, about, dude. Today. With everything that with, with everything that we've been going through, I gotta I gotta spoil it early. I got, I want to get into it. You know, everyone knows who we are by this point. Talking TV podcast. Subscribe. That's all I'm going to leave them with for today. We just uh, broke people. 100 subscribers speaking of yeah. subscribers. Yeah, we did. So you still have to remind me what YouTube we're actually going to do. About, you still have to remind me of what we're going to do about that after this episode is over. Okay. We'll leave them in suspense. I, even though I know we won't say it right now. So yeah. stay up to date with our Instagram if you, you want. You got to remind me. I'm the one that forgets now, people. It's gotten really bad. It used to be me. Yeah. That's what I was it alluding to. It used to be me to. like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> God, Dom. So, right, how are dude. you doing today? Hey, man, we're, we we're, being we're, we're, we're being crass. We're being truthful, and we're just bringing the hate. Oh, man, people! If you think this is bad, you you haven't seen anything yet. We got in two weeks. We've got a little something new for you, as far as po- just the specific podcast episodes go. But Chris, five weeks ago, we sat down and watched a TV show, a returning TV show from last year that we didn't think was going to be possible. With the return of season two of The Boys, with all this COVID stuff up in the air, we were a little bit skeptical as to what TV shows were coming back and what weren't. I'm surprised at how many they were still able to get out, I'll be honest. Yeah, it was, there was, it, was, it was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. We're also watching a new show right now that is a sequel to an anthology show that was very well received in 2018. More on that later. But today... Well, uh, we should just say it because it's coming out in two days. No, no, no. At the end of the episode. At the end of the episode, say it. It's Don't not spoil that's, it. That's bad. That's bad form, man. No, it's not. No, it's not. All right, haunting of blind man. Damn it! <laughs> come on. Hey, look. You came out and said this is just look, the come out and say it episode. Oh my god! Look, whatever, dude, point, people. Because Chris insists on spoiling everything and not airing anything up in suspense. We're talking about the boys season two. Oh man. Yeah. Where do I even begin? I've said that a lot recently, but seriously, where do I even begin? Just five episodes later. And I don't know. Do you think that like, do you think that the week by week model actually benefited the show in this season? Cause it went from the dropping all at once, like Netflix, Amazon was kind of always like 50, 50 with that. And then obviously with COVID, they're like, Nope, week to week. Yeah. I, um, I, I, you know, so I think it helped. I have positives and negatives. Let me get into the positives first. And then I'll give you my negatives for it. Cause I actually kind of have thought about this a bit. I don't like how Apple TV Plus and Amazon has more recently done the three at once, and then not like, a fan of that. I don't like that. I okay. think it's like because uh, I, I like to get in a rhythm with my TV, so I either want to watch it at my own pace, like Netflix style, right? They drop it all at once, and you go and you binge it whenever you can. Or I want to know, like I'm sitting down, like with Lovecraft Country, every Sunday, and I'm watching this show because I think that. It kind of says a lot if you feel the need to bulk your first three episodes together 
and then release the rest afterwards. It's like, what are you saying about those first three episodes? See, it's funny that you mentioned that because that actually builds into kind of one of my big points about this season as a whole. But as far as that whole thing goes, I will say that especially with how fast content needs to be streamlined now, I can understand certain um, certain streaming services wanted to batch a few of their episodes together in order to make it seem like it gives you people like a little more than what they're used to as far as that it's a flimsy defense i'll admit but just like maybe offering some rationale behind the mindset i do agree with you give me it one at a time or give me them all at once although here's the thing will you accept yeah. a two-parter episode because i know lost was notorious for that i will because i think that sometimes creative decisions call for a two-parter like season finales of yesteryear we've seen a lot of those back in the day so lost is a great example and, and now let me just say like i felt like i got into a rhythm but there was always something left in the back of my you know head thinking like damn i don't feel like i'm getting what i want out of the show because we got those first three dynamic explosive episodes you can go catch our initial reactions on the season here on youtube we have a review of it and you guys can get a taste of like i was blown away i, I re clearly remember recording that I episode yeah and it was an amazing start and even though i thought it was a pretty good season like i enjoyed a lot of it i just think the, the the pacing and the way we were given it kind of like unfortunately impacts the reason why it did the excitement did fizzle out a little bit for me damn it chris you did it again you read my mind seriously stop doing that <laughs> oh god stop okay doing that. damn seriously, all right you, you're telling me that i'm always the one that does that and i'm like jesus christ I'm give sorry, a man, man a minute give a man one original thought because yeah i pretty much felt the exact same way it's again it's funny because my thoughts on this are so strange because I have my thoughts on the first three episodes, I have my thoughts on the season as a whole, and I have thoughts of, on each individual episode leading up to the finale. It's so crazy how that works. That is just like the world that we live in now as far as TV goes, where we just we have so little content now just compared to what we had before that we micromanage everything that we have in front of us. It's kind of funny. But yeah, um, yeah. so The Boys Season 2, to say the least. Putting out our thoughts immediately, I think we can both agree, rest of the season after the first three episodes, not the best in comparison. Didn't, in comparison. Didn't hold, didn't hold up the steam, the fire that those first three episodes generated. Yeah, it didn't. But that's like not to say that it, they weren't, this wasn't a dynamite season. Right. Because I think if I had been able to watch it all at once or week by week, I think my opinion would be different, which is I weird. Think that if I had, I think that as a whole, this season, is technically speaking a better season than the first one. Yes. I, I think just like from a writing standpoint, as far as how tight the story goes, I think that second the second season overall is better. But because it was gifted to us in these individual pieces, overall, weirdly enough, I think there are certain parts of the first season that I liked more. Namely, first of all, and I'm just going to come right out and say it, the ending. I like the season one finale way more than I like this season finale. And again, that's not to say that this finale was bad. Not at all. But... If anything, Chris, I think we could both say that the show kind of lets some of its chips go a little bit too early, wouldn't you say? I, I would agree with that a lot, actually. I think that's a really I'm telling well you, okay, this is nutty. Way to put that. No, 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 because I, I wouldn't be able to uh that's exactly how I feel, but I wouldn't have been able to say it as eloquently as you just did. Oh, now thank you. let me ask you this then, Dom, just to make sure like we're really on the same page here. Yeah, so far we've been beat for beat matching each other. I just I'm, I I can't wait. The suspense until the end is gonna kill me as to what our star rating <laughs> is for the season overall because I, I'm like, yeah. oh man. I think my star rating is going to um have a uh, a bit of well it's it's just gonna I'm not gonna give the rating, but I'm just gonna say that I think 
because I think I'm going to say a lot of good things about this, and I don't think my rating is going to reflect poorly, but I think people are going to expect more out of my rating. But okay, 50 minutes later, you'll know. Anyways, right now, we're not at that point yet. I, I almost think like there needs to be a new job in Hollywood where what it's like people who because you know how they have like people who read scripts at the uh, agencies and they determine if it's a good script or a bad script i think you need people who watch now and determine if this is something you throw out all at once or if you give the first three then you hook them week to week afterwards we need like that kind of quality control because i honestly i have to say that this one and i usually never say this about a show this should have been released all at once absolutely this is like one of the few things should have been released all at once because weirdly enough the the what waiting week to week kind of just like made the experience a little bit more annoying for lack of a better word it sort of generated the same feelings that i had back when i was watching walking dead week to week which that just became torturous after a while (laughs) oh my god how do people still watch that show but uh i had a couple notes because again notes that's my thing now look at i I love it so dude i went in depth for it good is it so is it safe to say that if you are tuning in and you haven't watched this yet, well, this yeah, would be I your think time it's safe to, to say this would be the time to check out because we're going to now spoil the shit out of the rest of season two. So come back later, but now check out Dom. I know you get specific on those notes, so I yes, just wanted I to warn people. That's all. All right. Let's get no, into that's it, good. So got? let's get into it. Oh, man, I don't even know where to begin. There's so much that I have written down. It's like, I don't even know. First off. And again, this is the one thing that I will say the rest of the season actually did live up to that. I wasn't the biggest fan of in, se- in the first three episodes that you were Frenchie and mother's milk. Finally, I'm like, okay, these two now have something to do. And they're now both really awesome and like really actually fleshed out characters. So I'll say if there was one thing well, among a few things that season two got right, it was definitely those two at first. I agree. Yeah, uh, th- their their growth and their development, yeah, and and especially Frenchie, who I mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I got to not expected at all. Yeah, you know, I feel like I got to know Mother's Milk a little bit in the first season. You know, we understood he was a family man who got pulled back in because the cause meant so much to him that it was worth putting everything on the line. Super generic and super baseline, but at least we got that out of him, whereas Frenchie was this sort of removed from the world guy who sort of like flirted with this criminal underworld. Was he a criminal himself? Was he not? We don't know. He was just sort of more like a generic generic character type rather than like, a person with feelings and emotions and mother's milk was hollow, but not as hollow in the first season, but God damn this season, those guys could have spinoffs at this point. And yeah, I would seriously. watch it honestly. And the funniest part is that when I heard the spinoffs news, I went two seasons that they're already doing that. That's never a good sign. But honestly yeah. with how certain of directions that this show went, I might not necessarily be opposed to spinoffs, but we'll have to see how they spin it wordplay. Uh, mm-hmm. My first major note, MVP of the season, besides those two who actually got development, Queen Maeve. Wasn't expecting her to shape up the way that she did. I was expecting that arc to kind of go nowhere the same way that it went with last season, the same way that it kind of went with the deep. A-Train still got like a little bit of redemption at the end, even though this season was a big, big step down for him as opposed to last season. But the deep, it's official. That guy's just there to get fucked over. It's kind of sad that he's going kind of the Silicon Valley route, but, and I was hoping that they weren't going to do that, but they did still weirdly enough, not my, not one of my like most disappointing parts about the finale, but we'll get to that. He He's a bit of a, he seems to be like the gag to me. Like yeah. when the deeps around, we're going to get a bit or we're going to get some sort of joke or some Pretty Scientology much. backlash. That's where, that's where or, the Roganisms really come in. Yeah. And, and let me just say this, you know, I do disagree a little bit about Queen Maeve. I think that I was super scared coming out of those first three episodes. I said, wow, this character is just filling a seat on the seven right now. And that's literally her only purpose. Sure, it got a little more interesting, but it's a big ensemble cast. And I think she was, if there was someone that was mismanaged, I think she'd fall into that category. 
because oh i was just speaking in terms of the you know, fact that like she gets she actually gets stuff done and when she needs to step up at the end at least she does actually step up and she's like the she's like kind of the only other active one that like seeks like supplant homelander even if she is doing it for kind of selfish reasons there was that whole aspect and then when she like actually ended up you know being the one that saved the day with threatening homelander at the end you know that part kind of like really made up for the rest of the season because think because if you think about it too her whole thing was again she was kind of supposed to be like the wonder woman-esque character where she's the moral center and even though again when we're talking about the seven that really doesn't count for much at the very least it's something and also her whole point in season one was that she was supposed to come around with starlight like kind of like actually showing to be idealistic and like representing all the ideas that she used to and now that she's kind of come around on that we're seeing like her actually have to struggle with that and i'm glad that of all the characters she actually made the right choice in the end so that's kind of why I have her up there, but also mostly because they did a they 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 cucked. I'm going to use that word. They cucked my boy, Black Noir. Oh my god, that is they true. Did him so dirty. that was hilarious, dude. I they thought that that was so really dirty. funny. But I, I think uh, the Roganisms, you know, they come through in this script in a way where other Seth Rogen produced shows fail, in the sense that like I tried watching that show Future Man, and it was just too much joke first script and compelling storyline second whereas in this situation it's like okay that was actually hilarious spoiler alert stuffing the almond joy in uh yeah. black noir's mouth he's allergic yeah. to okay, almonds i'm a little bit disappointed but, later on but but it was a huge character moment for queen Maeve. i still think that her storyline didn't compel me enough whereas when she actually stepped up to the plate it kind of again felt like oh well we have this character and she had to do something and it's convenient that she's doing this i didn't feel fully moved by her actions but if you guys remember our our you know season premiere episode i definitely am not as upset with her character development as i was yeah it was the first three episode dump it was a situation where this season contained a lot of doom and gloom, to say the least, as if season one wasn't already depressing enough. And it was just mm -hmm. refreshing to see a character actually go through like a meaningful growth and cha change, especially since it seems like a lot of the characters are either ready to move on with their lives or just going in further bad directions by the end of this season. We're going to get into that. Um, my next point, which I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of because of how predictable it kind of ended up being. Becca, I believe the term is getting fridged. I believe is the correct term. I, I, that was the term that they used for Vanessa in Deadpool 2. The idea of taking a female character and then killing her off or moving her off screen just for the purposes of continuing the plot and the trajectory of said male character. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that that is like the actual term that is used. And that's exactly what happened with Becca. The, like she escapes. She manages to meet up with the boys in New York City. Uh, she tells Butcher that Homelander and Stormfront have Ryan and that she needs to get them back before... They like start converting him and making him like crazy and evil like they are. And so that's what drives the boys mission for this episode. And unfortunately at the end, and now we're getting into really big spoiler territory here. So again, bear with us people. If you have not seen this episode, please click out now. This is your last warning. Um, <laughs> Stormfront after getting the ever living shit kicked out of her in a moment that was memed before I even had a chance to watch it on the TV by Kimiko, Annie, aka Starlight, and Queen Maeve. She escapes, corners Butcher, Becca, and Ryan in the forest. She's choking out Becca. Butcher, who still, even though he's been fighting soups for how long, still shoots a gun at her, still slams an iron crowbar against her back, knowing full well it's not going to do anything. And then Ryan, his little emotions were triggered. His laser eyes go off. He fucking literally, thank God for my coworkers at work because they came up with the best term. They, she, he Anakin's, he Anakin's Stormfront. 
literally think yeah, he about does. it. He literally, and, yeah, literally looked just like Anakin. And somehow, and this, is the, and this is the only part that kind of didn't make any logistical sense to me. He somehow only slashes his mom's throat. That was like all that happened. That was a little bit confused. But the point being is that Becca dies because of her son's involvement. And it's literally only there to further like Butcher's continuation as far as like, oh, don't hate soups. Yeah, you know, her character, I felt like they could have done so much more with her because I actually yeah. really enjoyed her performance. And I kind of liked the clash between her and Homelander. And, you know, she did everything that character should be doing the right way sort of realizing that her son is the only one who can go up against Homelander and understanding that this Homelander guy is, uh, well, you know, she knows firsthand who he is, of course. And uh, so it was just like was a little upsetting when I, I guess if getting fridge is the term when she got fridged, because I was like, I feel like it could have done a little more with that. Like, yeah. it, there could have been a lot more for that character to do. But, you know, she was a solid addition to the cast and, yeah, and her performance was, was great and she served she, a purpose. But. So weirdly enough, the, these are the parts that I hate about these types of media properties and shows. But her moments with Butcher in episode four were like the highlight of that episode. Well, that and Homelander and his weird yeah. thing going on with Doppelganger. But yeah, that scene in the car at the, in the end when they, yeah, I love uh, that the bridge scene. and yeah, they had a good scene. chemistry. They had a good yeah. chemistry. They had a yeah. really good scene. And it, I, I must really sound like a scumbag for saying this, especially after I made a case that Becca got fridge. It's the crazy part is that as much of a scumbag butcher was in those first three episodes. Oh man. He ended up like kind of winning the season for me at the end. Weirdly yeah. enough of all the you characters. That. I, I think that, uh, what's it called? Just his obviously. And again, I hate the fact that Becca had to get fridge for this, but just the fact that we got to know a little bit more about him personally. I think that just his act of like willing to go along. And the fact that Becca was the one true person that he actually did care about the fact that he would be willing to go out of his way to protect her son, who is a soup which he had already set up a deal earlier in that episode to have him sold to another vault facility and never yeah. see the light of day, basically essentially, which would create fulfill Vaught's like worst fear in that he would become a Homelander too, which again, that, that's a pundit for later also. And uh, yeah, he puts that aside. And yet the one confusing thing is that he gives her to, he gives him to grace which you have to assume. What yeah, is the I was just about to bring that up. That was a little weird. I was just about to bring that up. Because I was like, okay, Dom, I'm with you on everything you're saying right now about Butcher sort of winning the season Except and whatnot, that if that's one. how you want to look at it. But then I was going to say, I hope he comes up with the point that, like, you know, the woman he loves, his wife, who he kind of got to spend some time with again, and, and they rekindled their fire and whatnot, what have you. And then he just dumps her kids off to, like, yeah, I don't know, some corporation. Like, what do um, you do, man? To give, unless you meant to give him to Grace to raise. That's the only thing I could think of, though. It That's literally the only seems, thing. They just didn't explain it. Like, is he putting right. him there for protection? Because right. he knows I, that. I would have to assume if, it's for protection and just the fact that, like, he knows that even to some degree, he won't be able to be around this kid without thinking of the fact right. that, like, because even though this kid is a soup, he is still has an impressionable mind. And right. he, this kid could, the future of this kid is the future of the world, essentially. Pretty much. Yeah. Because so, and I, I'm just going to spoil it now. I don't care. The comic twist about Black Noir is that Black Noir is secretly a clone of Homelander, which they have already established they are not doing for the show. Because they established oh, that not really? only does okay. oh yeah 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 because it's Ryan now Ryan is now Vought's con um contingency plan against Homelander right. they even said it in the show so it's like unless I accidentally spoiled the biggest twist about Black Noir if it turns out to be true in a later season unfortunately it looks like that's the yeah. direction that they're going with as long as Almond Joys exist I don't think Black Noir is uh, yeah. gonna be bothering yeah. anyone anytime soon. literally like the, the <laughs> Kryptonite could go oh my god I loved oh, it god.
But no, that was I a good love- point. I'm glad you said that about Ryan getting, uh, you know, shipped off to the FBI because I was yeah. with Homelander. I mean, uh, sorry, Butcher, Butcher every step it. of the way until that and, and i was like it wasn't that much better but it, it, if anything this whole this season was like all just about like just how pathetic and sad and lonely homelander is and that was kind of all there is to it because if you look at like everything that happens to him it's like dude i've never once felt sorry for this guy but he's looking a little bit deep-esque pathetic right now dude can i say while we're on the subject of homelander i i, I legitimately was in shock when you remember the protest scene where he just imagines like yeah ripping them all if they actually would have done that that's what i'm saying dude that's I what know. i'm saying because i'm so glad that you brought that up because i really thought that the show was going to go in the direction of especially after the exploding head scene at the end of episode seven i'm like you know what okay they have to go there at this point soup apocalypse it's gonna happen i would have loved that waiting i was waiting like come on eric kripke you have your cw roots you know the cw has done some bullshit like that you can make it work i'm telling you and then they didn't and i'm like (laughs) well there goes potential for all future seasons now i understand why you're doing spinoffs because you wrapped up your entire story in one episode rather than like providing a new interesting direction for it to go dude i'm not think that's possible anymore we are are so on the safe wave wavelength it's scary like you're you legitimately said, you said safe me. wavelength yeah, same same wavelength yeah so you but you don't think it's possible at because i thought okay they teased that and like what was that no, no, episode no, no. I'm five saying it was possible i'm saying uh, what i'm saying is that it was like the only possible option they could have done in order to make the next season like even more awesome and they totally didn't and i'm like but you don't why? think it's still possible no not at this point i don't think yeah i think, I think that, they're just holding out hope yeah i think that right now again if anything it's kind of weirdly enough almost back and it's so funny because I remember the first episode you saying that like this was so much more daring than Marvel. I'm like, really? Because wrapping everything up in a nice little bow, maintaining the status quo was pretty typical for Stan Lee. So Yeah, but I couldn't have known that there. back then, you know? You're right. I couldn't, but I couldn't have known they would have done that started, back then. You're right. And I was a little bit blindsided by those first three episodes too, but after a while I was trying to think I'm like, oh especially after episode five. That was when I was like, Oh no. Because here's the thing, like Okay, they tease that they don't actually do it. They still have more, you know, leg room runway to give us before we get to that point, right? They should have done it in the finale. Yeah, they should have ended. They really should have. When the head exploding scene happened, I was like, okay, we're doing this. This was a little. This was even more excessive than I'm used to, and I, I, I think we've said that enough. Like the gore yeah, porn. Yeah. They got a ratchet. I'm telling you, it's starting to become like shock value for shock value sake. I feel like, like it's Game like of Game of Thrones. Of Thrones ending of season three exactly <laughs> i was just gonna say that exactly oh my god it kind of starts, happening because today. season four is literally my favorite season of that show but yeah me too nudge. but yeah. yeah season four is great you know you want to know something funny because i have my game of thrones books right there like mm-hmm. the whole thing about season four is season four is literally like the last like 30 pages of the book or something like that it's literally just joffrey's wedding Tyrion's trial and the battle of the wall and everything that comes after and that's it it's whole and it's the best season and it's the last great season but back to the actual show we're talking about the boys which clearly is not interested in longevity at all it's just continued with maintaining the status quo bro i'm telling you the boys within two seasons has already become your equivalent of marvel i'm telling you and i hate to be that guy i've been that guy all last week to you it wasn't up until like episode five but now they're like taking the safe route. Like, yeah. here's the one thing I don't understand. Okay, you are clearly deconstructionist. Why not? Why not go all the way? Yeah. Why not stick yeah. it? Like, Watchmen went all the way, and Watchmen did it in one season. Like how how they call it poetic justice, right? That guy who worked at the CW, who's on this show. How amazing would that have been for him to be like, you know what? 
We're going to do what we tried to do with all those terrible crossovers between Arrow and Flash and Supergirl. Oh, he wasn't involved gonna... in that. He did Supernatural. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's Either Eric way, Kripke who did cringy, Some cringy CW roots he has. <laughs> We're going to just go all the way and like make actual art out of this, you know, what is a solid playbook, but CW yeah, does not execute absolutely. it. But dude, but okay, somehow so let me ask Netflix you this and thing, Amazon man. keep imitating them for whatever reason. I think it's because they probably keep hiring the same people. Yeah, and, and I want your take on this, but I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. All right. I was so on board during that penultimate episode, and then the finale just really let all the air out for me. <sighs> Weird 50-50 case because my whole thing was is that episode seven, the penultimate, was so disappointing compared to how awesome episode six was. Like episode seven really felt like the episode where it's like, okay, now we need to get back to the plot. And we just need to speed through it and give the most half-assed ending. And I'm like, like when I saw all those heads exploding, I'm like, okay, so we're still not going to get an answer. And what we thought was an answer was actually not an answer. And so I guess the whole thing was that season, the the final episode was just awesome enough that it was like slightly overcame my disappointment from episode seven, if that makes any sense. You know, it was kind of like a cliff and then a little uptick and then down, but it wasn't that much better. Like six to me was the last high point. Six to me was like actually a legitimately good episode. All right, I'll give you that. Yeah, you know, like it's, I'm not saying I hated the finale. I just felt like, well, like we just said, you know, the direction that I wanted them to go, they didn't go. Right. And so it's a little and hard to. The uh, one thing that I'll say is, again, you've talked about this at nauseum. We have to respect that, like, there's a certain direction that the artists choose to go with and that our view is going to be different from them. It's just the case, you know, we always have to respect that when we give and do. But still, when it to me affects the natural story order, and you and I are going to talk about this next week on the finale of your Lovecraft country recap oh man let me tell you something i have not been on a single episode since that first episode but man oh man am i looking forward to that that that's become just a chore but anyways because like you know i felt like if there was a show to do the unsaid you know to give us the unsaid reality that we all want it would have been the boys and when they didn't do it when the soup apocalypse didn't happen i was just like well it's never gonna happen now hashtag make the soup apocalypse happen dude Fuck, fuck release the, the soup apocalypse. Yeah, release the soup. Yeah, fuck the Snyder cut. Release the soup apocalypse. That's yeah. what we should do. But I digress, man. You you take a yeah. little bit right now. Uh, so my next question for you was after that finale. I, I don't think we really need to talk about Stormfront too much because a not only was I a hundred percent right about everything, like the show didn't even try to keep that a secret. No, like they really didn't even try. Like after that third episode, episode four, they basically told us, yeah, she's Liberty, and then episode six, they're like, she's like, yeah, I'm a Nazi. I'm like, great. I was 100% right, and I hate myself even more for it. My question for you is, is she dead? Because no. a few things were... That's what I thought. I'm like... I Because th- she was still moaning like and mumbling in German at the end. They, they actually said they actually said that she right, was... Right, and they uh, said that detained. she was taken to an alternate facility. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that means she's still alive. Because I thought somebody online said she's dead. I'm like, no, she wasn't. She's still no. alive. They're yep. keeping her around. This is the kind of show that unless they show them die, they're not dead. Yeah. This is that really like that Kimiko fake out. It's right. It's not like Game of Thrones. Yeah, and, they, and we had we had another one this season too. We got another one this past episode. We got another Kimiko fake out. We Except did, you yeah. know what Stormfront's mistake was? She didn't break off her hands because those would have taken mm. slightly longer to heal. True. So, yeah. but yeah, uh, the one thing I will say, and, and it sucks because literally no joke. I don't think I can watch her in anything ever again without seeing her as this character. Because literally in episode six, when she dropped the American accent and brought on the German, I'm like, oh, fuck, you're like scarily good at this. Like, like, like there's there's some history of this in your ancestry, like type good in this. I'm like, I sincerely hope that you're Jewish because, oh, my God, 
like how bad of a look would that be yeah i mean she really was a very convincing uh performer in this season i gotta say i think that um for the one season character that she was, because I think it's going to be the next time we see her is going to be a bit of like a, to harken back to your Anakin Skywalker reference. It's going to yeah. be a bit of a Darth Vader, a sort of. Oh a my god! Dude, oh my god, dude! Stop! Um, stop! I was literally just saying, I'm like, imagine they have her in like armor and like robot limbs in the next one. She has like a breathing helmet and apparatus. I'd just be like, oh, okay, just like I wouldn't come put on. it past them. I think come that would be on. awesome. But uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, I think like for take the, notes, the character, Eric Kripke. I don't think she's done with the show, but I think the no. character of her was, I mean, hey, for a one season, you know, uh, antagonist, she was awesome. Yeah. She really was, her dynamic with Homelander, their relationship, yeah, sort of exploring I all really of that. I was... actually like their relationship as Me too. messed up and crazy as it was. You know why? Because she satisfied him in a way that Stillwell never really could. And it kind of helped that even though he's weirdly enough still too immature to like kind of grasp what it is that she's putting down, she still sees him as like the perfect like heir apparent to like what her and Frederick Vaught initially conceived. Like that's the whole thing is that even though she just technically reports to Giancarlo Esposito, Stan Edgar, she really is like the, the mastermind pulling the bricks. Like she's the oldest one there. She was literally there at the beginning when superheroes were first invented. And the idea that this show actually roots the idea in the fact that superheroes were created by Nazis is a bold one to say the least i will give it that, that. was very bold yeah i yeah. mean so Giancarlo esposito's character i felt yeah. like he was a little I, underutilized wasn't i hate to say it but it wasn't anything that i wasn't expecting at this point you get john carlo he's the guy he's gonna be gus frank that's what people like i'm rewatching. i'm watching better call saul for the first time and the most distracting thing about that is that even though it's a prequel everyone looks significantly older so that's really distracting. But other than yeah. that, it's still great. But Giancarlo is still Gus Fring. He will always be Gus Fring and everything now, which is kind of sad because I remember back in the 90s when he was in all the early Spike Lee movies and like you didn't even recognize him. Like I've told you, he's bugging out from Do the Right Thing, right? Oh, yeah. That's cr- Yeah. That yeah. is crazy to me. Yeah. 31 year difference that right there. That is just crazy to me. That's talk about insane. a transformation. That's insane. Yeah, I don't know. So I feel like he was a little underutilized and like, sure, you needed that role. But to get a name like that in that role, I just thought it was going to be a little less of the uh, generic route that we've seen before, which yeah. is what I think we got, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah so. unfortunately. And yeah, so that actually brings me to our next note, which we kind of already talked about. As good as the finale is, it is still too much of a bow tie happy ending. I'm just... Again, I don't yeah. want to dogpile on it too much because there are a lot of good things that I have to say about this season overall. But with the way that episode ended, it's like Frenchie and Kimiko were going off. You assume that they've made up. Mother's Milk is reunited with his family. Butcher starts a new league. Homelander is literally jerking off to the city because he, <laughs> again, he they, they've kind of like rendered him. It's just like, okay, so these guys are just all jokes. That's your way of like getting around them. No resolution or anything. They're just all pathetic. The only one who slightly gets a redemption is A-Train and not even because he proves to be like, give one little crucial piece of the puzzle that they kind of didn't need. I mean, they just did. And he just kind of like made it easy for them. Like how interesting would it have been if like their final mission was to like, they had to split up between protecting Becca and breaking in to the church in order to get those notes and like maybe have a square up between the deep and a trial. I'm already pitching like a more exciting finale than what we got. Yeah. And it sounds really unfortunate, but cause I, I really, really like that. that guy. And you know, when they asked a train, they're like, how did you get here? He's like, dude, I can traverse the boroughs in three hours. I was like, wow. So, I thought they weren't even going to try to explain that. I thought he was right. just going to show up. They were going to get scared. And they didn't the mention the heart problems. The and they and, didn't mention uh, the heart problems once. 
Yeah, no, I mean they definitely got sloppy. I think towards the end. Yeah, which I don't. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they had they had as much time as they needed. Yeah, this was Amazon's like this is Amazon's Amazon's golden golden prize jewel right now. Whatever the terminology and metaphor you want to use is, this is their flagship show. And the fact that they are kind of dropping the ball this early shows that they seem to be following Netflix in a very negative way. That for me personally does not bode well for the future of TV because. I mean, unless people's attention spans are dangerously shorter than I thought, I'm like, if you're going to end at least three and make sure that you plan for three, because to me, the thing that still kills me is Netflix acts and glow when they clearly had a fourth season planned and that was already underway. That was already going to end the show. It's like at the very least, let it end. Let it yeah, end. Like, and the fact you, that they're that was so... Like the- I don't want to go into a glow side tangent here because I'll be going off for the rest of this podcast about it. But No, I hear you. I just think... Um, I think Amazon would be... I I would be very short-sighted in order to think this way. Now, keep in mind, we still have to see the way that the rest of the streaming services do it because we're still only getting a second season of Mandalorian. We're only getting a second season of Morning Show, if that. Certain other shows are still going on. Like, I think Handmaid's Tale is getting another season, I think. So it's still too soon to tell as far as a bunch of new shows are concerned. But as far as, like, Amazon, I'm pretty sure now is, like, almost on the level of Hulu that's, like, right below Netflix as far as the streaming services go. I think so, so because you know, unfortunately, shows like uh, The Tick and Hunter uh, sort of gathered yeah. a little um, gathered a little notoriety, steam, but just not enough. Yeah, yeah. But They're now looking the for boys like... really put them on the map, and yeah. so that's why, like, I don't know why it didn't have to feel rushed. I mean, the the, the love for the first season only keeps growing. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this though. But apparently, in the case of well, real quick, just as far as Game of Thrones go, if there's one thing that shows it that loving fan base doesn't mean shit when it comes to wrapping up the show properly anymore. That's true. That's a fact. But but let me just say this real quick, all right? Because I'm wondering if we are just being super analytical because it's what we do. We I mean, it's, have yeah, to. it's kind of what we do at this but point. Do you do you think that not only normal people but other people in the film community are sort of overlooking sort of the critiques we have of the show? I know we're going to get to some positives. I just think that because we had such high expectations for the show, I think this is kind of why we got into the little bit of the negatives first. And so I got to ask you, like, do you think we're just being a little too over analytical or well, do you think people need to drop the hammer on a show of this caliber like this? Well, yes, because we're overly analytical of everything and that's our nature. And we're never going to be truly yeah. satisfied by anything. But the one thing I will say is that, especially now because of COVID people are going to take what they get. And this is like, as of right now, the most awesome thing they can take. So if anything, it just makes our job more difficult because it's going to make more regular people even less inclined to like, even want to critique something. They don't want to critique shit in general as it is. They just, most of them just want to like post about it and seem cool. There's still like very, very few of us, despite the more and more that we meet. So we always have to keep that in mind. You know, I never want to get into that mindset because I've been in that mindset before and it's a dangerous mindset that we are the majority. We're not, not at all. We are always going to be the minority and we just kind of have to come to terms with that. And if anything, it's just going to make our job more important because literally no joke, we're fighting to stay alive at this point as far as critics go. We really are. So that is, it's a good answer. Thanks. It it, it, it has to be said. It really does. There's a reason why all of us are like our own independence now yeah but damn. um so actually oh man i had one more negative before i got into the positives let's I do it i think that's perfect thing. we'll get into the positives oh, you know? well, see, the only thing that i wanted to just say is actually you know what i'll save for the positives because this shit is too great um the congresswoman reveal that hacked on twist ending at the end where you was rolling your eyes as hard as i was in that scene i didn't like Probably it at all. harder i thought that they i thought that they took away if we weren't getting the soup apocalypse I at least thought a strong, compelling, compassionate human who is not a soup, who's in a position of power like that, 
was another saving grace direction. Not as cool as the Supocalypse, yeah. But I but thought it, it would have been really cool. Something to see someone refreshing outside of the main group be like, yeah. okay. And then, oh my god, it feels so much just for the sake of a twist for having a twist. It's one of those bullshit walking dead cliffhanger fucking things where it's yeah. like hey we know that we just wrapped everything up but you guys will still be here for next season right because of this and you want to know what the worst part about that is besides how she connected to the church which the church and vaught already kind of made sense so why they need to throw her into a mix i have no idea and as far as making a big show about the exploding heads okay so was she in on vaught the whole time or was she like her own entity? And the problem is that you want to talk about certain things getting too political. The next season, if they go where I think they're going, they're literally going to be like, okay, now we're going to talk about corporate entities involvement in big government, specifically like liberal government, which I'm like, okay, because we need that on this show now in this time. And the fact that yeah. Huey's going to work for her, dude, I already know what the plot lines are going to be next season. And the fact that I can already predict them before the next season has even come out worries me a lot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's, I, I, you know, I think if you're well read, and I think if you understand more than just a small bubble in your life, you can kind of gauge where it's going. And that sucks, because that's yeah. like not what I want out of this that show. Because coming into this season, I had no idea where we were going to go. Yeah which, oh my God, dude, stop. That's literally the big thing that I said is that I'm like, okay, at the end of the season one finale, I was surprised and I couldn't wait to see what was next. At the end of this finale, I'm like, I could care less about seeing anything else in this universe. And not because it was bad, because that just what it was what the story was telling me, that this was over. Yeah, and dude, you know, I think I think this might have been my most anticipated show of the year. That or Barry season, uh, season three, but we didn't get well, that. I knew so. that Barry succession got pushed back so it, i think it was between this and mandalorian as far as my most anticipated for the rest of the year yeah, either so for were, me this is probably it if it wasn't barry yeah and yeah, i was Glow season four of course yeah and i was looking forward to westworld season three before we actually saw it i wasn't oh, but oh wait yeah. no no clone war season seven that was my most anticipated for this year yeah, Clone Wars was good too. But yeah. this was for me probably my most anticipated show, if I'm being honest. This, right. but once I learned Clone Barry got pushed back. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I mean, damn, man. Uh, yeah, you know, that was a terrible twist. I thought it was super corny. I thought you took a character who was actually interesting because it was kind of different. You took a saving grace and you took it away from us and you just yep. dropped us into the just formula. You dragon dropped us just into for the, the sake freaking of a formula. Twist. I'm like done. If I'm like, I already know where the next season is going to go. See, but that's what I mean. The formulas, dude. They're they're coming back with a vengeance. They are. We can never escape them as much as we think we can try. Now, with all that being said, we have about 20 minutes left on this podcast, but I do have a few good things actually left to say. First of all, love sausage. Yeah, that happened. Just. <laughs> I saw the scene in the episode. It's part of the reason why it's my favorite episode. Well, that and what they ended up doing with Lamplighter, which actually surprised the hell out of me because not only was it Frenchie's best moment as a character, but it also, besides being another blatant middle finger to Marvel, which I'll get to in a little bit, that just that whole character arc was great. But they're trapped in that room and you just see this giant snake looking thing break through the glass and wrap its, and wrap its neck around mother's milk. Frenchie tries to get it off and they look outside and they're like, oh, wow, that's why they call him Love Sausage. I'm like, was that what I think it is? I'm oh, like, okay. God, yeah, that was hilarious. Okay. They, they, it, it was uh, funny. It was really funny because I was just like, okay. <laughs> a positive I will say is uh, sort of to this tune is, you know, they do this thing where, you know, this this does feel very original and organic. At the same time, organic to Seth Rogen, 
in his sensibilities and the things I grew up loving, but it's like for the first time. And I think this just comes with experience. You know, he's been a showrunner for a few times now. I haven't heard about preacher. I heard it was really good, but I've also sort of heard that for every hit he has, there's like four or five duds. Yeah. And so I think he's finally learning like when to not be himself and when to put some of himself in the show and, and the jokes and the gags in this season, like, you know, Patton Oswalt with the, with the, um, the deep and sort of like, the sausage thing, those felt very Seth Rogen to me, but they yeah. didn't they didn't make me think, oh, here's another joke. It just was organic. It, yeah. it worked. Weird, it worked weirdly, really weirdly well. enough, the Seth Rogen bits were actually some of my favorite parts of the season. Like I yeah. I said this on our premiere. I love the Gills moment and love sausage moment. I'm just like, there is a show that has a man whose superpower is that he can grow and extend his penis like yeah, Mr. fantastic. Yeah. That is a thing on an American superhero television show. Because as as you know, Seth Rogen's humor is very hit or miss, but I at least thought it was tastefully dropped into this kind of intense show. Yeah. So yeah. now kudos the, to the show running. Yeah. Again, again, though, and I really, I think, I think we ended up hating the show more than we realized because I only have like a few, one more <laughs> good thing to say about it. That's but, just, is that just who we are? I mean, I don't, I know. don't know. I don't know. I really don't. We've only been doing this a year, and we've only been doing this a year, and we still don't realize that. Oh yeah, people, we've been on on. Up doing our podcast has been around for a year not our one year on youtube that's not for a while but um our this is like one the one year, year audio podcast. anniversary episode yeah right? the one year audio anniversary yeah i don't remember Congrats, what episode this is specifically but i loved and again this is part of the more cynical part of me it's kind of the only reason why i think i was able to enjoy something like kick-ass 2 which was we all know not nearly as intelligent as kick-ass 1 it's the difference between the director of x-men first class and the director of fantasy island true story um of course the show double down on it went from like sort of like a subtle satire the way that it was in the first season just being a straight up mockery like every chance this show could get to maim harm bitch slap anything happened to do with insulting marvel it took it from homelander yeah. literally making fun of a of a blind person in the first episode and then clapping his eardrums effectively making him useless was i'm like okay so that was a daredevil f you yeah. but the best one the best one, in my opinion, Lamplighter, dude. What a dichotomy of a character where I went from actually feeling a lot of sympathy for this guy, even though he's a scumbag, to hating him even more in one episode. But the hating him mostly came from bad writing, not the actual character itself. But how they took a shot at Marvel's Chris. Do you know who that actor is who played Lamplighter? I don't know who the actor is, but I thought it was a but Human you know, Torch. Uh... No, not quite. Not even better. Not Human Torch. Really? That was Chris Evans, aka Captain America. That is Sean Ashmore, who portrayed Iceman in X two and X three, X Men three, The Last Stand, and X Men really? Days of Past. And they brought him on, literally playing the opposite. He was playing the pyro guy because you know his buddy Pyro and X Men could do the thing where he could like create fire, but only if he had a lamp. And they literally just blatantly took that character <laughs> and stuck That's him in so here sweet. as like the outcast of the seven. And I'm like. Uh, you know, because while he's part of the seven, he like probably took up like the Firestorm esque ripoff part, and I'm like, wow! So we just jump right from DC to Marvel. We're not even like trying to be subtle about it anymore. And like the whole thing that I this is actually weird because it actually gets into like an unintentionally kind of smart thing the show stumbled into, which I actually think is kind of ingenious. And this is where the Disney poking comes in. So bear with me for a second here. In episode five, which had a strong argument, at least until episode seven, to be my least favorite episode, it was the episode where it was. Um, them at Butcher's house with Black Noir and then just fucking them on the movie set the whole time and with A-Train trying to like out fire him, out, like not fire himself. But 
when they're filming this and you know they do the whole girls get it done thing with stormfront um with stormfront queen mave and annie starlight oh my god i thought she was liberty something i'm like no that was stormfront and starlight um that that again it was typical corporate marketing nothing none of it is anything meaningful it's all just like men as a commercial it's a blatant f you to joss whedon with the reshoots for justice league you know with the joss punch-up line and everything but weirdly enough and i can't believe i'm giving this credit the show actually had queen mave say i'm gay on screen which to my knowledge still hasn't been done by anything disney i know i'm stretching it I'm stretching it a lot, but I have to give credit where credit is due as far as an Amazon TV show that was already kind of on its way out that was doing a very good job at being a blatant satire slash mockery of these types of tropes that we see on the corporate side and just in general. And that was the one moment where I'm like, okay, the satire might have beat the original to the punch. Kudos if that is the case. Do you agree with me or do you think it's a little bit forced? It's still forced and just manufactured. Well, are are you saying you give kudos to like them like giving a voice to that like a empowering voice to that or what's yeah your... an, emp- an empowering voice not to like the to an empowering voice to the fact that that community is still marginalized even though we are the main masses have kind of been tricked into the fact that we think they're not when disney gives like a one five second scene that all of twitter makes a big deal about for no reason okay yeah to the... does that make sense it does yeah i think that they so here's how i'll respond to that i think yeah. that this that was show... a lot yeah, I think that this show isn't afraid, and this is something I will give them a huge positive for. They're not afraid to tackle the issues in a very real way. You know, they don't sugarcoat anything. They kind of remind me a little bit of uh, Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. Yeah. You know, like, it's messy. The real world is dirty. It's it's not this clean, pristine Disneyland place, you know? Like, there's garbage on the ground. You know, there isn't trash cans everywhere to put your garbage, and there isn't someone to always take it out for you. Sometimes you gotta take the trash out for yourself or confront the mess for yourself. And so I think that's kind of what they did with sort of, like, tackling the um, the Queen Maeve story, you know? They weren't, they weren't apologetic about how they did it, and they showed that, like, look, I mean, people even superheroes will struggle with with this because the world's not up for it. So I thought it was like it was real, you know? It was it felt like a very real way to tackle this. And so like that's the thing about this show is no matter how far-fetched it gets, no matter how many heads explode or how much of the gore they throw in our faces, I can't really hate on it too much because it it is one of the better shows for me that's out right now because of how yeah. how how real they are with approaching yeah. these kind of like, you know, topical issues. And again, the one thing that I'll say is that for as disappointing as the other episodes were in relation to how awesome the first three episodes were, this still wasn't a bad season. And just as far as its commentary, I still think it was a better season than season one. I think I still had more fun with season one because just of like the wow factor, you know, like it being so new and so fresh, especially like it only came out like what, two months three months after Endgame, something like that. So just to see it that quick, and in the same year that we got Watchmen too, like it just it seemed to be, and then even though it wasn't as popular at the time, Umbrella Academy, it just seemed to be kicking off this wave of like deconstructionist superhero stuff. And it seemed like it was so powerful that like even Disney was going to be forced to follow suit, like with WandaVision looking so different than anything that they've done before. So as far as that sense goes, I'm still very impressed with this season. I really, really enjoyed it. Which... Yeah, because I think um, I think shock value is a big factor as to like we hadn't really seen something to this level of deconstructionist in the superhero genre before. It, it, like you said, things have been popping up, but like the satirical approach we hadn't really seen, and kind of like how um, you know, 
stand-up comedian like there's almost like a stand-up comedian in the writing of this show in regards to it's gonna poke fun at everything because guess what both sides are dirty and messy like i said and so i kind of like respect them for not really pulling any punches because hey you're gonna get offended if you watch this show that's gonna happen yep because the characters in this show are actual real people yeah so and i like that unlike season one where it felt like they could only focus on specific characters i liked how this season did actually give a uh, what's called a fair amount of screen time to everyone. And I felt like everyone got just the right amount of development. Even some of the side characters, I felt like got a lot more to do. And um, yeah, it was still a really, really good season. Now, my last question for you, Chris, because we're almost out of time here. Mm-hmm. What do you think the finale does spell out for season three and any future seasons? So yeah, I have a like, thought in my head, but I want to hear yours. Yeah. So like you just said, you know, for all of the negatives and i think there's a reason why we kind of chose the negatives at least for me it's telling of the fact that well first off look at what our negatives were um a lot of them were just subjectivity because this is a really sound solid show yeah and i think a show that pushes as many different buttons like you kind of you know in the last few minutes here brought us into the social commentary of it all which i think they did ramp up from season one i think it's it's doing what it they wanted to achieve whether you like it or not so going into season three i think now that we kind of know that this show i think struck a little more maturity in the way that they comedically broke down some of these real world issues like it's very strange it's like hey we got a little more mature in what we addressed but how we addressed it all got way more ridiculous aka head popping and exploding i think randomly i think expect more of that but i also think expect a little bit of a downturn because like we said the very interesting and very original direction they could have taken they didn't and that does worry me especially with that twist which yeah. i think was just that the was final nail oh in the my coffin God, so tacked on that 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 twist was the definition yeah. of tacked on and i'm like ugh. but yeah that's what i think man is that what you wanted from me Kind of. I mean, I was mostly just talking about like specific ideas because, like I said, I was already starting to pitch season three in my head, and I'm like, oh boy, so ready for this? Oh, okay. They're gonna Go find out that the congresswoman is evil, and they're gonna find out that Vought was in league with the government the whole time. So now they can't trust the government. So now Butcher's determined to get Ryan away from Grace because he doesn't think he can trust her, and he has to bring back the boys and tear them out of their regular lives. And Starlight's come to help too, and Homelander. Still not sure where they're going to go with him, but he's consistently been my favorite parts of these sh- of these two seasons. So we'll see if he continues to be so. Queen Maeve, uh, who cares after this past season? She's kind of done. I and feel. Huey, this is where my heart is going to break because poor Huey. Oh man, can this kid get a break just as far as character development goes? It felt like they were finally doing something, Chris. It felt like they were finally actually giving him something to do with the PTSD angle, the fighting with Butcher, the getting covered in blood every three seconds. And then that all just went away. And at the end, he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to get a job for the Congresswoman. And we're and we as the audience members are supposed to gasp and be like, oh, no, Huey, don't work for the person who just turned out to be evil. And I'm like, Ugh, great. Right. This he has is the girlfriend. He got to. his happy ending. Sure, his life's still messy yep. and he lives with those demons in his closet. But yep. things are looking up for Huey. And that's oh. kind of not what I want, because yeah. that's like a big, compelling part of the it first just, two seasons. It was it like watching makes Huey get his redemption. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. And then my last note that I wrote down is it felt like one of those finales that could have been a series finale on the off chance they get canceled. I'm like, does every show, I'm like, is every show just going to do that now? Because they're so scared of the Netflix model getting axed earlier. They're just going to be like, okay, now we have to like write 
a certain series finale, like just to have in place on the off chance we get canceled. That way we can say we everything got resolved. So I know Netflix has kind of warmed up to the idea with being a little bit more open to their uh, sort of corporate tactics, their corporate yeah. aggression. Especially now because they know that nobody's going to care or do anything about it. Point in but, case like, they were just like, hey, like bullying done. content people. Like, but I hope more the, so. I mean, I didn't even think about the fact that other competitors might adapt that mentality. That would be terrible. Why be would awful. you watch anything on streaming? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, if if I'm like, I'm not going to try anything knowing that any new show that I get into will most likely be canceled after two seasons gives me less motivation to want to watch. Not more like we get it. You know, shows don't run for 10 seasons anymore, right? But that, they still that's do fine. Like, if anything, that's good. It needed to happen. Like, give me a good four season run. Boom. I'm good. Yeah. Mr. Robot. Right. Yeah. But it's just Perfect like four season run. It's like we I don't want to. Li- we love this stuff. So I yeah. don't want to like get invested in something and then right? have. The corporate suits not like it's stupid, man. If that's the yeah. case, I don't even think about that. Yeah, being I had, but we had to. Problem. We had to because this is the new problem. It's it's literally no joke. It's the cancel problem of the '90s and 2000s, but it, for a whole new age, and it's so much worse. It's just stupid. The, yeah, it's another podcast. I think yeah, I, that really just blew my mood. That's a podcast for another day. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I don't final think thought. though. I don't think this was okay. a, a, a. I don't. I'm sorry. I just don't think this was a. Hey, in case we get canceled finale. I just think this was it, a. But it's still. I, I guess that was like the illusion that I got from it. It's like okay, this was almost written as like a last minute case back before. I'm like this episode was definitely written before they knew that they were going to yeah. be a sure thing or not because they knew at the very least they could pump out two seasons and then the this boys, show's doing great right now. Yeah, especially now because of COVID, because it's like the only thing to watch. But this show <laughs> blew up. Yeah, and exactly. then Eric was like, "Shoo, okay, safe," and all the risk went out of his head. You never know. We'll wait for the uh, hoping, we'll wait for the eighty-page uh, book to come out about it. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but yeah. again, to quote Jeff Goldblum, "Boy, do I hate being right all the time." That's all I got to say there. So, <laughs> people, once again, thank you for tuning into another Talking TV podcast. We've been having a lot of fun on this channel of ours. We've got, of course, as always, more content to give you guys. If you've been keeping up with our content, you know that this past weekend we were on David of Flix Talks channel kicking off our official shock Tober event with Candyman. We've got a lot more stuff planned. We've got watch alongs every Friday of the month of October, except for the last for except for the last weekend, which will be on a Saturday. You can find all the information in the bio below. Chris, do you have anything you want to let the people know of? Well, I want to say thank you so much for 100 subscribers on YouTube. That is awesome. And here's to the next like 100, if not thousands. I mean, that's the goal. We love doing this. Uh, we love being here for you guys so much so that, you know, we weren't going to be originally doing content on the channel on Fridays because we have all these watch alongs scheduled for Shocktober, which totally go and check our Instagram. All the information about the watch alongs is there. We're watching Saw this next Friday night on Guy at the Movie channel. Guy so, at the movies, plural. Sorry, yeah, guy at the movies. YouTube Wouldn't want the typing in the wrong Instagram or YouTube. And uh, yeah, that is very true. Thank you, Dom. And that's going to be starting at 9 p.m. promptly, Eastern Standard Time. But we have, you know, we we couldn't just not put something out on our channel for Fridays. So this Friday, we're going to be talking about Haunting of Bly Manor. It's going to be at- a fun time. I just watched the first episode, and that should. Oh man, 
Yeah. Oh man, why have I right? not gotten into Mike Flanagan sooner? I know. Did, did I you see the way. article that said Haunting of Hill House slash Bly Manor is everything that American story, American horror story wants to be? I'm like, ooh, the shade is so true though. Yeah, American horror story is like fell off hard. It's not that good. I tried fell off. It. Yeah. Hard. It did. But yeah, so like expect a lot of content. We post yeah. videos every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Our number one focus right now is just putting out content that we love here for you guys on youtube and you, you seem to really be digging it so thank you again for 100 subscribers hit that like button turn on the bell for notifications and of course if you already haven't subscribe i mean oh, you're here right hang out Absolutely. with us every week oh man and chris i just realized so we were talking about the boys today and i just realized we forgot to give star ratings oh we let's forgot do a that crucial real quick. piece uh yeah. three and a half out of five for me i already gave my final thoughts it yeah. was still a good season even if it even if it's future potential kind of is a little bit screwy right now but the overall season, it was still an, a good season. So three and a half out of five. Ditto. Yeah. It's still making top 10 <laughs> of the year. That's the one thing I will say. It is still making top oh, 10 of the year, but it looks like sure. it's going to be like at the same spot or lower as the last season was on my last year's top 10. Yeah. So that's not all I got to say about that. Me no, definitely sure. not. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, people. Again, we got a lot of content planned for you guys at Talking TV or Talking TV podcast. No G. And as always, people. You know what to do. Watch more fucking movies.